What's going on, everyone? My name's Adam, along with my co-host, Danny, and this is the third In King podcast, where you'll find energetic and level-headed discussion and analysis of the San Francisco Giants. Danny, how are we doing today? Oh, not great. Not yeah. great after Coors Field. Yeah, not great. A- after Coors Field specifically. Not the Rockies, but Coors Field. <laughs> Coors Field. Uh, hey. Coors Field. <laughs> There's a little asterisk next to these losses. Um, but uh, being our first episode, I'll uh, introduce ourselves. Uh, my name's Adam. Uh, I've been a diehard Giants fan since 2009. Um, Tim come is really what brought me or what captivated my heart into uh, into Giants baseball. And uh, I've been a I've been a strong diehard fan ever since. Uh, Danny, uh, introduce yourself to the people real quick. Uh, well, I was born and raised a Giants fan. Uh, <laughs> I can vaguely remember 2002. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was about four, but I mean, my little heart was broken. Um, yeah. I can tell you my dad forced me to watch 756 in the living right. room. Uh, got into baseball in about 08, you know, perfect time, I'd say. You got Timmy, you got Kane, mm-hmm. um, Pablo. He had Posey and Bungarner a few years later. So good timing, I suppose. But yeah, good, t- good like timing, perfect. <laughs> yeah, so me and Danny, we're, just to give you guys a heads up, we're pretty high on this current regime the Giants have right now uh, with Farhan and I, I'd say we're more more so high on Farhan than Kapler. I I I like to call myself a Gabe Kapler defender just because everyone else just just shits on him. But uh, you know, there there are some times where he makes questionable decisions. But anyways, um, because this is our first episode, I figure I'd uh, explain how we're gonna do things here. Um, so each episode, as scheduled right now, um, is gonna come out following the afternoon following the finale of each series. So we'll try to get get out each pod uh, then. But if anything changes, we will update you. Um, you can follow our podcast Twitter page. It's at Third and King Podcast. Um, we'll put out these pods on all podcasting platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple, as well as uh, YouTube. So you can see a, a video version of right now. We got, a, got some Oracle Park here um, in the background of uh, both of us. Um, but yeah, if you want to look at the video version and see our beautiful faces, um, you, we will provide the link in the uh, original tweet that when we uh, tweet this out. But uh, with that being said, we'll get into it here. So the first, uh, how we think we're going to do things, uh, we're just going to go game by game, talk about each one, our takeaways, all that stuff. But uh, this first game, it didn't take long for the uh, for the Giants fast to get rolling. Um, they opened it with a 10 run inning and it went on to win the game. Uh, it was a 12 to four. Um, but yeah, that was the first game of the doubleheader. Brandon Belt launched the grand slam in the first inning. Buster Posey oh, added with a hey, bottom of the first bottom of the first had five RBIs in that first inning. But uh, yeah, from this game, uh, not much to take away other than Coors Field and the Giants. Slow uh, bats to start the season. Hopefully this gets them warmed up. Yeah, no, um, 10-run first inning, Coors Field. You know, I I honestly figured this would be the perfect series to get us going. You know, it's tough sandwich right in there uh, between two Padres series. But, um, you know, we're – and I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but we're getting the right guys on the bump. So this weekend series, uh, bats are starting to get rolling. So Yeah, even though they ended up losing the series, and we'll we'll get into that. But uh, 
it was good to see in all, all, all games of this series, the offense was rolling. They had much better at bats than, um, than, than normal, I guess, uh, with, with this season when just talking about earlier this season. Um, but chorus field is always good to, you know, get the, get the bats heated. I remember in 2019, uh, he almost got, uh, almost got a uh, sent down, but then all of a sudden he went to Coors field and then almost, uh, saved his, uh, <laughs> giants career. Who knows, but Coors field is always a good place to, uh, to get it going. And, uh, Gabe Kapler after the game said, uh, that's one thing we know about Coors field, um, is there isn't a lead that really feels safe and that segues into the next game. Um, oh man, do we got to so, talk about game two? Yeah, game two. <laughs> so after the Giants cruise to a absolute blowout win in the first game of uh, against the Rockies in the first game of the doubleheader, um, we Gabe Kapler kind of um, predicted the future uh, with this next game. Just an awful, this awful loss. Just I mean, this is the level of the Marlins game where Harlan Garcia gave up that uh, two-run double in like the 10th inning or 11th inning to a backup catcher. This is the same level as, maybe it's not the same, but the similar level to opening day um, where they blew it against the Mariners, unfortunately. But they they took a 6-2 to two lead after a Wilmer Flores two-run home run in the sixth inning. So they went into the inning, into the bottom of the seventh inning, seven-inning game. Um <laughs> It hurts to talk about this. Um, they had two outs, right? They I'm just remembering right now. They had two outs. They were like two on, but you know, Jake McGee, and we'll, we'll talk about this. He's been really struggling lately. I will say, uh, after six, looking like a good little game, you know. Um, sometimes I wish Manfred would have done six inning doubleheaders. I mean, oh, hashtag you know, fire Manfred. Like this, yeah. But, um, you know, honestly, the offense, they showed up. Uh, Wood, he pitched. I mean, he wasn't as great as he'd been in his other starts, but how can you expect him to be, especially at Coors Field? But five innings, two runs, you'll take that. Um, And even the bullpen management, you know, it's like, and and we'll get more into that. But um, I think Kapler did, you know, I, I think he managed it about as well as you can, honestly. Yeah, the the people who says anytime a bullpen guy gives up a run, oh blame Kapler. Bullpen bullpen guy gives up a run, blame Kapler. But in this and in, in sometimes in all honesty that's fair, but in this situation, it, I don't think it was. Cuz look, I and by the way, if I can say this, I have this take that I just hate. It's people who complain about um putting in your closer in a non-save situation. I get it if it's like earlier this year and he's been used too much, but recently he hasn't and he hasn't been himself. So put him in a four-run lead, put him in a four-run lead and people complain and say, oh, you know, four-run lead, you don't put him in a, you know, non-save situation and messes with his head. Well, here's the thing, guys. If he can't, if McGee couldn't uh, hold a four-run lead, how do you guys expect him to hold a one-run lead or a two-run lead? Um, anyways, that's the take that I just hate. Um, anyways, but, uh, yeah, Jake McGee, he, the both, both of them, this game was fine. It was fine to me. He brought in Camilla, Camilla Duvall. Um, I thought he could get the job done. Well, he's got the best stuff in the bullpen, in my opinion, uh, from the right side. Um, outside of Rogers, who was already used, obviously, 
Um, but yeah, the bullpen management for this game, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, and taking your closer out, I, I don't have a problem with that either. I mean, you can get one out and the, uh, it was CJ Crone who hit the, hit the little pop-up which had a expected batting average of 100. It's, it's just, you, you chalk that one up to Coors field and then you get ready for the next game. But the giants, uh, at that point, um, yesterday they were 18 and 12. It's just a missed opportunity. Um, cause the Dodgers and Padres, I believe the Padres also lost that game. Um, lost but, a double header that day. right. They lost a double header that day. Um, but they remained at that point, uh, one, one and a half games, um, out of first place. So it's just, I, I feel like, you know, bullpen management, it was fine. It's just a missed opportunity for the giants. Absolutely. And with McGee, you expect him to be able to execute regardless of the situation. Um, it's kind of add to your point earlier about uh, closers in non-safe situations. I mean, listen, I understand that baseball players are human. You know, there's a mental aspect to the game and, and it's important to acknowledge that. Um, but if you're a high leverage guy, you should be able to handle, you know, a four run loop. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I think, we get so lost in this arbitrary um, what we see is like a safe situation. What we see is high yeah. leverage and we mark that at about three runs. Cause that's, you know, that's how you get credited for a save. Um, yeah. An extra run. I don't think that makes a difference really. It's just, you're the guy in the bullpen and you've got to be able to execute there. And, and I also think that four runs at Coors field is a perfect spot for him too. Um, Cause as we just saw, <laughs> Right. It's not like a four-run lead in the ninth, or in this case, the seventh is a given. Um, and, and as for Duvall, you know, I, I kind of, I will say, I kind of get um, not wanting to go to a young reliever in that kind of situation. Uh, for instance, I felt when we brought Santos into those last two ball games, the moment was just way too big for him. Yeah, twenty-one-year-old uh, kid, and he'll bounce back. Um, but it just wasn't the right spot for a kid in the second and third big league appearances. But yeah, to Duvall's credit, he got the job done. And, you know, I'm glad that Kapler had that kind of trust in him. Um, it's just, hey, one of those cores hits and then you leave a bad slider over the middle to a, a great hitter in Blackman. It's just how it goes. Yeah. And these guys are going to learn from that, right? Um, Santos and... Uh... And and Duvall, um, they're super talented. They're going to bounce back from this. I know Santos. He's our Santos. He's already in the alternate. Maybe he's in the minor leagues, but um, I know he got sent down. Um, I think but he's it's, on the Sacramento right. roster. Sacramento roster, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so that's we. We'll, I think we'll we'll talk about that further later. But uh, we can head on to this last game that happened today. Uh, or yesterday we're recording this at at past midnight um we were up late uh we're up late think contemplating the tough loss yeah today uh they lost six five to the rockies um and uh, logan webb another just up and down performance with him um he started throwing he started the game with three perfect innings and immediately immediately you're thinking all right we got good logan webb today but then all of a sudden uh, he re- you're right. He re- retired those first ten hitters he faced, and then all of a sudden, Garrett Hampson singles, um, and then you walk a guy, and then Story hits a single, right, and then pitches add up, and then you know he 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 de- end up he doesn't get out of that inning. 
Um, and they ended up, then the Rockies ended up scoring six runs uh, in the fourth inning. And that's all they needed. Uh, Crawford and Ruff ended up hitting uh, a couple of two run home runs, but, um, and the Giants left the, uh, the tying run on third base um, in the ninth inning, unfortunately, but they could not get it done. Um, so takeaways from this game in my eyes, I mean, the usage of Matt Whistler this year has been interesting. Um, I think there are spots where, you know, at, at this point in time, you know, a, a DFA wouldn't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at cause you know, he, there is some statistics out there that suggest that he could, you know, he's, he's, he's been pitching better than, you know, his eight year a, but at some point, um, you know, he's got, he's got to, he's got to, he's got to be gone. Uh, you know, I've honestly been probably the biggest Matt Whistler defender on Twitter. Um, but I completely hear that. I, I do think he has some value. Uh, we could probably trade him for some low level guy. Um, I don't really see that as Zaydee's thing. Um, you know, I think with what Whistler did last year, uh, granted, you know, it was a 60 game season, so you can't really put a ton of stock into that. But um, just how great his slider was last year. Um, if he can look anything like the guy that he was yeah. last year, then we, we've got a hell of a pitcher on our hands. But the slider just hasn't been very good. He had that command, and his fastball was just. Yeah, another level of bad. Um, he yeah. used to throw a sinker up until uh, last year. I could be wrong, but I think it had a, a seven and an eight run value in 2018 and 2017, which is just awful. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, going into this, season. yeah, right. Yeah, it's been rough so far because it just feels like every time he comes out, you're kind of biting your nails every time he comes out because you're either expecting – a super great outing where his sharp with slider is sharp and his command is on point or, you know, he's walking guys like the opening day game. We saw he's walking guys left and right. He, you know, he's throwing his, you know, his meatball fastball right down the middle to a hitter um, and his slider. He just has no command. He, he, he's either, he's either got it or he doesn't. Um, and going into this year, I thought he could kind of be that Sergio Romo type that he throws a slider 80, 85% of the time. But I mean, so far, look, I know you mentioned the 60 game season. It's hard to put stock in. It's hard to put stock in that. Um, but at the same time, it's hard to put stock in this year because, you know, his era is at eight, right? It's a little bloated. It should be a little lower than that. Uh, expected stats. Of course, I alluded to earlier, should be a little lower as X year expected era is around three is expected fielding independent pitching around three as well in the mid threes as well. Um, it's just, it's just hard to rely on expected stats when he's not performing at all on the field and the eye test it's the eye test is ugly. It's ugly right now because as I mentioned earlier, he's on or is he's not at all. But the thing about the giants bullpen that I want to talk about though, um, they have reinforcements coming. Uh, and um, in May with Beatty um, this month uh, with Beatty coming back from Tommy John surgery and John Brebbia solid, right. John Brebbia too. Um, and maybe, maybe hopefully Reyes Maranta. Look, he, he had a decent start to the year with some nice outings. His fastball velocity was down, but 
you know, it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, but yeah, they, they have reinforcements coming and they also have those guys down in the, uh, the alternate site. Um, I'm probably forgetting some, but they have uh, Jose Deli, the Dominic DeLeon, um, Shun Yamaguchi, uh, Nick Tropion. They have a, they have a few guys that they can bring up if they need it, especially another thing I want to bring up their lack of reliable relievers. It looks like they only have Tyler Rogers as of May 6th, 2021. You know, um, I think when Zaidi constructed this bullpen, uh, first off, let's talk about how he constructed this team. Um, it kind of felt like players like Donovan Solano, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, potentially Posey, Whistler, you know, a lot of these guys were just kind of meant to be trade pieces. Um, you know, kind of, hey, let's sell high if things don't exactly go well. And, you know, you have, your, you know, other guys that are kind of just lottery tickets. You know, they took flyers on them. Um, it's really worked out well in the rotation, but so far in the bullpen with guys like Whistler, uh, Alvarez to a lesser extent, you know, it, it hasn't really gone as well. Um, but I think they were expecting to be able to weather the storm um, for about the first month of the season until Brevia and Beatty got back. And I'm sure they were expecting a lot more from Maranta and, well, Sanchez, at least from, from, a, from a velocity, from a stuff yeah. standpoint. And so when you don't have that and, you know, you've got to rely on guys like Duvall and Santos, Kirby uh, Castro, I'm sure, isn't far away either. You know, you, you, really, you really start to just kind of see it. Um, you this see the results of that, yeah. Current state is just not built for success. Um, yeah. You know, again, I, I like that Zaidi took flyers, and that's exactly what he should have done. I mean, you can't realistically expect uh, to compete with the Padres or the Dodgers, but we've had a great start. But it's been tough from the right side, you know. Um, things are going to get a lot better. And somehow we've survived this first month with all these injuries uh, in first place. So that's amazing. Yeah. In, in first place. It's just amazing. Just the way that you can say we are in first place, but it looks like the sky is just falling apart around you with the bullpen. And, and again, you know, it feels like right now, as I said, as of May 6th, we have one reliable reliever and that's Tyler Rogers. Who's been just a godsend this year. Um, he has been unbelievable this year. He's just every outing is he's sharp. Uh, and with Jake McGee, the first like five or six or so uh, outings, he was great. He didn't even give up a hit. And now all of a sudden it's, it feels like he just gives up a bomb every, every time he comes out and his velocity, his fastball looks a little different. I don't know if it's, I, I know, I don't know. Ever since he took the vaccine, man, it's, you know, um, <laughs> That damn, oh, that crazy. damn Pfizer, that damn Pfizer will get you. It'll make your <laughs> arms, or hopefully, maybe he, maybe he took it on the left and on the left arm instead of the right. That's that's a rookie mistake. Got to get on the non-dominant arm, Jake. You got to get it on the non-dominant arm. Hey, uh, regardless, you didn't get yeah. that Pfizer vaccine. Sam Coonerod, Sam Coonerod, and yeah, he 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 did not get the vaccine. And when you look up, look him up on Baseball Savant, all you're gonna see in the percentiles is red. It's what I like to call the, the red, red wave. wave. The red wave. <laughs> um, Honestly, it was like he put on the the red Phillies hat and it gave him superpowers. Yeah. You know, exactly. He's, he's he's right at home. We're, we're kind of, I mean, 
I'm not saying I'd sell my soul to have that kind of player on the team, but strictly performance-wise, I do kind of miss him. Yeah, yeah. Not I don't miss 2020 Sam Coonrod, the the same Sam Sam Coonrod that cost us a playoff spot and a chance to have a playoff series against the Dodgers. But um, I, I miss I miss the the possibility of having a 2021 version of of Sam Coonrod in this bullpen because they I mean they could use it right now. I mean they they have no right-handed relievers that they that they trust or I mean hell they don't even have many relievers period that they can dress outside of maybe Caleb Berger or uh mm. and, and Tyler Rogers and Berger is another guy that I kind of want to touch on um he hasn't given up a run yet even though um you know he's he's another guy that throws the fastball around 80 percent of the time and you know with him it feels like he should be getting a little more into the mix of these late innings instead of maybe uh maybe some of these young guys Oh, absolutely. Um, and then if you look at uh, kind of the way the coaching staff was talking about him uh, before the 2020 season, obviously um, having him on the opening day roster, uh, regardless of an expanded roster, that, that showed a lot of trust. Um, but he's always had elite rise on his fastball. Um, and it's, he's very, very similar to McGee, actually. Um, I believe this year he's only thrown one curveball, and it was just a little bouncer in the dirt thrown maybe a handful of sliders it's been pretty much all fastballs um and, and it makes perfect sense it, it is a fantastic fastball so um you know maybe that's the key to success for him maybe he ends maybe he ends up taking the ninth inning this year um yeah. who honestly knows but i'm very big on caleb Berger. yeah yeah the giants have a few pieces in the way that zaidi um built this bullpen um again as he said earlier um, and, and again, this whole team, it's the funny thing is he kind of constructed it to trade away some of these pieces, but now that they're in first and they're actually competing, it's like, do we actually want to trade? Do we want to sell? Do we want to, do we want to buy? Uh, what do we, what, we, what is our plan here? And they're kind of stuck in this middle, not even middle. They're actually more towards the top here where they might think of adding a reliever or, instead of maybe trading away a guy like, you know, Donovan Solano, as you, as you talked about earlier, uh, some of these guys that are in the last year of their deals, um, that might be an asset to other teams at the deadline. And, you know, Farhan, he, he's going to, he's going to uh, fleece some, fleece some fellas uh, at the deadline, just like he did with, uh, with our boy, uh, Mike Talkman uh, and mm-hmm. a Wandy Peralta, who's a, you know, middle of the road, solid reliever. Um, he had, he had his nice moments uh, this season, um, but yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the uh, arrival of uh, Mister Talkman real quick. You know, first off, it's fascinating that the Yankees chose Brett Gardner over Mike Talkman, and that started, uh, I believe, a couple months ago when they were having those discussions. Um, and from a leadership standpoint, I do get it. You know, Gardner's been pretty much a Yankee for life. Uh, actually, he might literally be a Yankee for life. I think he um, is. I feel like he's been in the league for like 50 years. Forever. <laughs> I remember him when he was just like a all-speed dude. Couldn't really hit. But Yeah. Um, you, we probably remember him when he had hair. Yeah. I don't even think he ever did, but yeah. I honestly, I, I'd yeah. be surprised. I feel like he's always looked 50. But, he's just um, Johnny Sins. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, but, but yeah, no, it was very surprising that they chose him over Talkman. Um, because even if the bat isn't there, uh, he struggled a bit last year in a shortened season. Um, he had a great 2019, very underrated. Um, but even if the bat's not there, I legitimately see that man as a gold glove defender. Um, if you ever have the chance to check out his his fan graphs page, um, I believe that 2019 across all three outfield positions combined, he was somewhere about 20 DRS, which is just ridiculous. Um, yeah, and, and limited innings too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, even if he's just a guy who comes in and he plays great defense, there's already more value there. Um than, than a Brett Gardner, you know, or in our case, like a Sky Bolt or a Steven Duggar. Um, Duggar's played fantastic uh, in this Rocky series, by the way, and yeah. I'm very happy to see it. Um, I sort of gave up on him maybe a year or two ago, but, I mean, uh, he was one of my favorite prospects. Um, but, yeah. anyways, getting back to Talkman, um, you know, you have all that potential with that, and then you've got a great club that you can put in any of those three uh, outfield spots comfortably. And just the heart that he plays with, you know, there's just this this energy. It's it's very – he's got, like, kind of a left-handed – it's, in, it's infectious, it feels like. It feels like everyone just draws draws to him. You know, um, there, there's, there kind of is that left-handed Hunter Pence kind of vibe to him, honestly. Um Hell, I will say it's even it's refreshing to see a guy that's willing to kind of bark at an umpire a little bit, you know. Um, typically, this team is, uh, I mean, in in some cases they will talk, but I mean, I, Talkman. They will. They'll hold on. They will talk. Get it, Talkman. Talk. Go ahead. Talk. Sorry. They will talk. <laughs> they will talk. Um, but but Talkman definitely does live up to the name. Uh, you know, he really. There's a fire there, and I, and yeah. I think that's exactly what this team needs. It's yeah, what this offense needs. Yeah, the thing about Talkman too, he's under team control for the next three years, so he's not going anywhere. So another Farhan, another money Farhan move. I mean, that's it's crazy. I mean, he gave up Wandy Peralta, who is you know, as I said, middle of the road reliever, right? And the, I mean, it's been six games for Talkman, but you can already tell. You know, the guys just seem to, to like him. He's had great at-bats. And the thing that Farhan said he liked about him is his play discipline. And, again, you could see that from his first at-bat, right? He he works the count well. He has a good eye. You know, he, he gets, you know, he hits the ball hard, right? Um, but he's made a great impression. This All right, so just previewing this next series coming up, it's going to be Disclafani versus Snell, Gosman versus Musgrove, and then Cueto versus To Be Decided. Padres haven't announced that one yet. It'll be significant how the Giants perform against the NL West opponent opponent in Oracle Park because all they've faced so far is the Rockies. Um, But I like like this rotation that we're matching up. I like our matchups this series. Uh, You know, we're we're definitely... uh... We're definitely gearing for this series. I think doubleheader definitely helps things um, and getting that extra day off. So we get to throw who I think our best three pitchers are. Uh, no disrespect to Alex Wood, also tremendous. Even Aaron Sanchez has been great to start. Hey, we've got our three guys going. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be pretty tough with Snow and Musgrove. Um, but, you know, hopefully we avoid Darvish this series. Uh, 
Yeah, sick of that guy. Yeah, a tough one last time we faced him. I really like getting the chance to face Joe Musgrove again. You know, uh, he had a bit of a rough outing against us. Still a tremendous pitcher, but um, you know, our bats seemed to just really take advantage of the, the mistakes that he did make. Um, even Blake Snell, uh, as it's been pretty well documented, he has his struggles beyond the fifth inning, uh, especially that third time through the order. And with the Giants working up pitch counts the way that they do so well, um, I, I've got a really good feeling about these two matchups. And Sunday, hey, hopefully they throw us a bullpen game. You know, uh, it feels weird to say because they have a great bullpen and you know yeah. they've shut yeah. us down with it. But I, I guess anything's better than really facing anyone from that rotation. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a good series here coming up against the Padres. And what's interesting about this series is the Giants are going to get healthy again. They're going to get a couple guys back, as we mentioned. Johnny Cueto, who had a fantastic start to the year, had a good two or three starts, and then unfortunately went down with injury against the, uh, the against the Cincinnati Reds. And then they're getting Mikey Stromsky back, who I oh! – Hold on. My mic just fell. My mic just fell. Good save. You guys didn't see that. I was about to show off my shirt, but I knocked down my mic. So if any of you guys are watching on YouTube, got my Yash shirt ready for him to come back. That was unintentional, by the way, um, to wear this shirt. Anyways, yeah, they're getting Yastrzemski back. Um, and I think it's interesting, right, because he, right before he went down, he he was really starting to heat up. He's, he was only gone for a week, right? But I think it's he, he's probably the most important player, one of the most important players, especially on offense, on the team. Um, but it'll be interesting to see him um, back in the lineup. And I think a uh, right-handed against right-handed uh, pitchers at uh, outfield of uh, Dickerson, Talkman, and now Yastrzemski is going to be uh, pretty formidable. Not defense, not defensively, mainly de- that's just Talkman, but um, just the outfield of those three guys is going to be it's going to be fun. Almost definitely. You know, I would really love to see uh, Dickerson kind of get going a little bit. Um you know, hey, maybe maybe this is the series for him, you know. Uh, won't really get an opportunity against Snell, but maybe he finds it against Musgrove. You know, I've been waiting for the Dickerson revenge game against the Padres. <laughs> it's been, it's been uh, a little over a year, so uh, we'll, we'll see on that. But I got a good feeling. Um, and then getting Yastrzemski back, that's going to be huge. Even, even the reverse splits that he has, he's able to hit lefties as well as he hits righties. Uh, that's just going to be huge for this team. It will be interesting as well to kind of see how the outfield looks against lefties now uh, with Yastrzemski back. You know, I, I would like to think that, well, maybe we're going to start getting some more Darren Ruff at first base or maybe a little Austin Slater at second, you know. But adding Talkman definitely gave him uh, a lot more options. Getting Yastrzemski back is only going to add to that depth. Yeah, um, and and really quick on Talkman, I think there's a reason why he was brought in, right, just because – you have Mauricio Dubon and Austin Slater both really struggling at the plate, um, mainly against right-handed pitching. And bringing him in brings in that extra option. It was originally supposed to be Lamont Wade Jr. or Steven Duggar. But, I mean, this trade pretty much sets in stone that Talkman is going to be in the lineup uh, every day. Again, not every day, but every day against right-handed pitching. Um, so I think that's something to look forward to. Uh, for, I mean, he, as I said earlier, he's going to be – under team control the next two, three years, right? So this has been episode one of the Third and King podcast. Danny, before we uh, we sign out, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. 
So you can find me um, on Twitter at Purple Rain. Uh, the L in purple is an uppercase I. And there's also an underscore after. Very complicated. We'll put it in the description. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the description on all that and in, in our uh, original tweet um, when we tweet this out. But uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Adam Baybro, at Adam Baybro. Um, for now, we'll see if that gets suspended. Yeah, I'm pretty salty about that. Uh, anyways. Jack, go get um, this man. Right. Jack is out <laughs> to get me. Uh, for no reason, I'm just some innocent Giants fan just tweeting about my team. Um, Not anyways. Yeah, not at all. Right. Right. That'll do it for this episode of uh, the Third and King podcast. Uh, We'll talk to all of you after the San Diego Padres series over the weekend. And until next time, go Giants. Go Giants.